Welcome to the Rocky Valley Podcast. This is Pastor Jason Moe. We're glad you stopped in to have a listen, and we hope that this blesses you in some way. But this morning we get an opportunity to gather together and and pay tribute to what I believe is a true example of the handiwork of God. Of course, on this day we have this opportunity to say to those special ladies in our lives, thank you. We set this day aside to honor those who cared for us, those who loved us, those who worried for us, even when we far from deserved their love, their care, and their devotion. This morning, we have the chance to thank God for what I believe is a shining example of His love for us. And of course, I'm talking about thanking our mothers who are here this morning. So thank you so much. And I want to be clear when I say that. I believe it takes much more than a trip to a delivery room to make a mom. I believe this morning we should honor all of those ladies that God has placed in our lives that loved us, that nurtured us, that impacted us in a way that only a mother's love can display, whether they are our birth mothers or not. And so there are many special ladies in our lives that God places in our lives. And so I want to challenge you on this Mother's Day, sometime today, to take the time to make a call or a visit to those ladies in your life that you call mother or that have been like a mother to you, whether they're your birth mother or not. Because I have found that as much as you needed to hear from them in those times when you needed to hear from them, they want to hear from you to say that you appreciate them. So take the time today to call those ladies And tell them how much you love them. I don't know about you all, but if not for a few special ladies that God has placed in my life along the way, there is no way that I would even be here this morning, uh, except God had blessed me with some wonderful ladies. So take time to go and tell your mothers how much you love them. And this morning, as we dive into the Word of God together, we're going to be looking at a godly mother from the Bible. We're going to be looking at a woman named Jochebed. How many of you know who Jochebed is already? Good. We're going to learn something. Whether you listen to anything else I say or not, you're going to hear the first paragraph. You're going to walk away instantly smarter than you were when you came in here. That's a win for all of us, I do believe. We're going to be looking at Jochebed this morning. We'll be looking at her because I believe she exemplified characteristics of a godly mother that we need not overlook on this Mother's Day. For those of you that don't know, and from the show of hands, it was several of you, Jochebed is the mother of Aaron. She's the mother of Miriam. She's the wife of Amram. But her most popular place in the annals of history is that Jochebed was the mother of Moses. We see her introduced in Exodus chapter 2. She's alluded to in Hebrews chapter 11, and her name is mentioned specifically in Numbers chapter 26. And so this morning, I will invite you to find in your Bibles Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29, and while that will be our primary text, if you have a bookmark or one of those fancy string things that runs from the end of your Bible to the other, I challenge you to turn back to the book of Exodus in the second chapter, and place that string there, as we will be in both of those places this morning. And if you're able to in this house this morning, I'd like to invite you to please stand 
in honor and reverence of the reading of the word of our holy God from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Let us pray this morning. Father God, God, we thank you for the mothers in our life. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you would give us ladies in our lives to love us, to train us, and to teach us. But God, even more, we thank you for Jesus Christ who provided that grace for us on a hill called Calvary, Lord, who loved us enough to reach out to us. And so, God, we pray that Christ alone would be glorified this morning and that we would honor and revere him with what we do. We ask that you do what only you could do, and that's dwell among your people, Lord Jesus, and all of God's people said, and you may be seated. The first thing I want us to see as we look to Jochebed, to this mother this morning, this mother who saved a nation is the title of this message, the mother that saved a nation. And the first thing that I want us to see is the commands that she kept. The commands that she kept. Uh, Verse 23 tells us that they hid Moses because they saw he was a beautiful child. Some translations would say proper child. Uh, They hid him away and it says in verse 23 that they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And so what is this king's commandment that we're talking about here? Well, if you looked back in the book of Exodus, uh, way back in chapter 1 of the book of Exodus, you would find that a Pharaoh had risen to stature in Egypt. In verse 8 of chapter 1, it says simply about this Pharaoh that he did not remember Joseph or the God of Joseph. And so he, he did not remember all of the things that Joseph had done. The Pharaoh before him remembered that Joseph had riven, risen to prominence, that Joseph's deeds unto the country had in fact saved Egypt through a time of famine. And so they looked upon Joseph with reverence and they would honor his people. But by verse 8 of Exodus chapter 1, we find that a new Pharaoh's in town. And this Pharaoh doesn't remember Joseph. And therefore he doesn't remember the God of Joseph. And therefore he has no affection for the people of Joseph. And in verse 22, we see that this Pharaoh commanded all the people saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. And so the commandment that was given that 
Jochebed and Amram would refuse to obey was the command that had been given by the Pharaoh that the children of the Hebrews who were born, who were men, would be cast into the river and the females would be kept alive. So why would he do this? He didn't have a problem with population control. He had a problem with power control. It says throughout Exodus chapter 1, if you read about this Pharaoh, you'll find the reason he wanted to do this because he realized that the Hebrew people, the Israelites, were gaining numbers and gaining power, therefore, and he said, the best way for me to make sure that I stay in control is to kill off all the potential soldiers, to kill off all those who might take up arms with our enemies, all those who might rise against me. So I'll just have all of the boy children killed at birth, and then I don't have to worry about them coming up. And so basically what we have going on here in this commandment is that the most powerful man in the land, the most powerful man probably in the world at this time, sent down a command and said, kill the boy children. But the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, that Jochebed did not fear the king's command. She did not obey it. She did not cast her boy into the river to be drowned. She hid him away for a period of three months. And so that begs us to ask the question, Why didn't she fear the Pharaoh's command? And I believe the only answer is that she didn't fear Pharaoh's command. She didn't fear the the king's command that had limited power because she had faith in a king that had a limitless power. I believe she was motivated by an understanding that the commandments of God superseded the edicts of man. And parents, this morning we would do well to remember that each spiritual decision that we make affects our children. We are either following the gods of this earth or we are following the Lord of all creation with the decisions that we make. How is it though, how is it though that Jochebed and Amram were able to stare down this edict with such faith and all of these things? Well, friends, I would say this. The Bible tells us that faith is by hearing and hearing is by the word of God. I believe the only way that Jochebed was able to raise her child in a reverence to God is because she had had a revelation of the word of God and the statutes of God in her life that she was able to claim. I believe one thing that Jochebed recognized was that there was a moral standard of God. In verse 23, it says that she saw he was a beautiful child or a proper child. And I believe that for Jochebed, she looked upon this child, she looked upon him and his beautiful, innocent face, and she understood something. She understood that it just wasn't right to take the life of an innocent baby. She recognized that it just wasn't right to throw that baby into the river, that there was a moral standard that was there, and that standard was set by the one who sets the moral standards. That's God. He's the standard by which we're measured. You say, well, wait a minute, preacher. You're talking about the birth of Moses, and the commands were given to Moses. So the commands not to kill had not be given yet. So how in the world would Jochebed have this in her mind and in her heart? Might I say to you that when the Ten Commandments were given to Moses on the mount, they were not setting the standards of God. They were the codifying or the ratifying of the standards of God. The standards of God were there before Moses wrote them down. The standards of God were there from the onset of creation. The taking of innocent life has always defied the character of God. All the way back to Genesis chapter 4. You'll remember what happened in Genesis chapter 4. That's where Cain, it says, the Bible says that he rose up and he slew his brother Abel. And the Bible says that the blood of Abel cried out to God from the earth. 
from the ground. My friends, even before the edict, thou shalt not kill was given to Moses on that mountain. The standard was that it was not right to kill. It was not right to take innocent blood. Before the command was, was given that thou shalt not bear false witness, it was wrong for Abraham to lie to the Pharaoh. Before the commands were given and written down on the stone tablets, the, the ways of God were still the ways of God. And we would do well to remember that those ways of God from the Old Testament are still the ways of God today. We would do well to keep that in mind. But in addition to them understanding the, the moral code of God, that killing was wrong, that they shouldn't kill the innocent blood, I believe that Jochebed also clung to a promise that God had given to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 15. That promise says that you will be in bondage for some 400 years. And I believe that Jochebed, as she looked into the face of her baby, as she thought about the words of her God, as she had been in bondage her whole life, she thought, we're going to be in bondage for 400 years, and I'm just smart enough to know that the days are coming where we're going to be set free. The 400 years is nearly up. And she understood that the deliverance of her people was nearing. I believe that Jochebed found herself probably where many of us find ourselves. She said, God, I don't know exactly what to do with my baby, but I know killing him is not the answer. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I know that what the king has commanded is not what I am supposed to do. I'll never forget, as long as I live, bringing home our first child. Actually, I'll never forget about the three or four months before we went to have our first child. And I remember the thoughts that I had. They went something like this. What are we going to do? My whole life, I ain't even done a good job taking care of me. And now... I'm going to have to take care of somebody else. And I looked to my wife, my rock, my cornerstone. And you know what she said? What are we going to do? <laughs> I said, I don't know. You're supposed to have the motherly instinct. I don't know what I'm doing. That's obvious. You tell me that all the time. And I believe Jochebed found, her, found herself in that same situation, though. She said, I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I know, I know, I know that I'm supposed to love this baby. I know that I'm supposed to nurture this baby, and I know that throwing this baby in the river just ain't the answer. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I know what I'm not going to do. Might I remind you this morning, mother and father, we live in a day where it seems the government has forgotten Joseph and the God of Joseph. Government says we can't pray in our schools anymore. We can't read the Bibles in our schools anymore. We can't even teach creation in our schools anymore. Openly gay and lesbian relationships are celebrated as they teach that that's an equality of love to our children. They have even become celebrated role models of our children. Our society has said that someone who had the bravery to change their sex in an effort to become who they really thought they were should be celebrated as someone who was brave and stood up for something. Might I remind you that just because it is the commands of our government, if it is contrary to the commands of God... 
we should follow the lead of Jochebed and go with God. I pray, church, that in this land, God would raise up some Jochebeds and some Amrams who would stand and say, I don't care what you say. You can love it. You can hate it. You can like it. You can go sit on a thistle. I don't care. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. First, we look at the commandments that she kept. Next, let's look at the challenge that she faced. Look back with me in Exodus chapter 2. Look back with me in Exodus chapter 2. We're going to see what is played out in Hebrews chapter 11. So we've already seen that she is a godly woman and she hid him for three months. But then look with me in Exodus chapter 2. We see that that in verse 2, beginning there, it says, She conceived and bore a son. She saw that he was a beautiful child. She hid him for three months. But, verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she could no longer hide him. Jochebed ran into a challenge, didn't she? She said, I love this child. I'm not going to follow the commandments of the king. I feel like there are commandments of God that are more important. And God says to me that I don't need to kill this innocent child. I'm going to hide him away for a period of, of time. Well, after about three months, as this baby began to grow and he began to eat more and he began to get more active, maybe he began to cry more. I don't know what exactly was going on. But what I know is that Jochebed looked at the situation. She said, I can't hide my baby from this this world anymore. I just can't keep him hidden away. They're going to find him. And when they find him, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill Amram. They're going to kill us all. I have to do something with this baby. I have a challenge that I'm facing. Now what she does to face down this challenge, I think is very important to us this morning. It says in verse 3 of the word of God, it says, she took an ark of bulrushes for him dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reed by the river's bank. She understood something at this point, I think. I think Jochebed, as she faced this challenge, began to understand something. She understood that one way or another, her son was going to have to go into the crocodile-infested rushing waters of the Nile River. She understood and determined that somehow or another her baby boy was going in that water. Somehow or another her baby boy had to go and face down that situation. And she said, if I can't prevent him from having to enter into the waters, at least I can provide him protection while he is in those waters. At least I can can do something and build this ark. My friends, can I remind you that our culture today is very similar to those waters? That those waters flow right into our homes today. Those crocodile-infested, sin-stained waters flow right into our homes. They flow through the Internet. They flow through our smartphones, our iPads, our Galaxy tablets, our S4s, our S9s, our iOS .7.8.9, and the new patch system that comes out. It flows through the Internet. It flows through our cable modem. It flows through our televisions. It throws through our magazines. We don't even have magazines anymore. Now they're on some kind of e-book somewhere. And can I just remind you that no matter how hard we try to hide our children away and keep the world uh, away from them and protect them from the world, can I just remind you that we're going to have to realize just as Jochebed did that at some point we're not going to be able to keep our children out of the water. At some point in time our children are going to have to deal with the water. But what we can do is everything like Jochebed did to try and keep the water out of our children. Right? We can't keep them out of the world, but we can try to train them in such a way that we keep the world out of them. 
if you read, she prepared this ark and she, she tarred it and pitched it and I don't know exactly what all that means. I'm not a, a tar and pitch ark building construction guy, but I'm assuming she made a basket that was waterproof. And she placed it in the river and she, she had uh, his sister stand and watch from a distance. She said, what's going to happen to my baby? What's going to happen to my baby? He's going in that water one way or another. Let, him, let me lay him in there. You guys know the story, though. Pharaoh's daughter found baby Moses, didn't she? She found baby Moses. And she pulled him out and she looked and she knew that it was a Hebrew baby, but she fell in love with that Hebrew baby. And she wanted to keep that Hebrew baby, but she had a problem too. Pharaoh's daughter had a problem. She hadn't been pregnant And so her body had not done the things that a woman's body has to do during pregnancy to be able to feed a new baby when it's born. And so by the grace of God, what happened? She says unto the Hebrew slave, she said, I need someone to nurse this baby. And who was it who nursed that baby that she had placed in the Nile River? None other than Moses' very own mother, Jochebed. Is that not the grace of God? That she would place her baby out into that water and that she would not only end up getting to feed and nurture her baby through his formidable years, but that she would get paid her wages to do it. Talk about God using the world to do his work. And I believe that Jochebed, as that opportunity was presented to her, I believe that she had her baby boy. And she nursed her baby boy. and She said, I don't know exactly how long I'm going to have him, but I have him right now. I believe that she did everything that she could to prepare, to prepare her baby boy for what was coming. I believe that Jochebed would hold her baby boy and she would probably say things like, Now son, don't you forget, you're a descendant of Joseph who served mightily. In the Pharaoh's courts, he rose to prominence. And because of that, we survived a famine. And he forgave his brothers. And he forgave them all. He accepted them all back in. And our people are here today because of the faith of Joseph. And and now, son, I want you to remember when you grow up and you go off to the Pharaoh's school and he begins to teach you about the scientific ways of creation because they wouldn't have believed in a creation of God. She said, I want you to know that that's not true, Moses. We were created by a God who loves us. And no matter what they tell you, Moses, and I don't know how old Moses was when she passed him away, but I believe that Jochebed did everything that she could do to instill into him the ways of God. So why do you believe that, Pastor? Well, look quickly at our final point this morning. In verses 24 through 29, we're not only going to see that she faced a challenge, but we're going to see a change that she influenced. A change that she influenced. Verses 24 through 29, I want you to look at some of the things that are said. We're back in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 29. It says what? By faith, Moses. Verse 27, by faith, he forsook. 28, by faith, he kept. Verse 29, by faith, he passed. By faith, Moses. By faith, by faith, by faith. My friends, the faith of Moses tells me that Moses got saved. Moses found his relationship with God. And I believe that that faith began to be instilled by his mother at this very young age. I believe that God used his mother and father to instill that. It says that Moses chose not to remain a son of the world. It says that Moses chose instead to to put himself with the people of God. That he became associated with the people of God. 
God. So he was not only saved physically from drowning, but he was saved spiritually as he went along. He wouldn't even be recognized as the Pharaoh's daughter, or as the son of the Pharaoh. Of course he wouldn't be the Pharaoh's daughter. He wouldn't be recognized as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He took his identity with the afflictions of God. He took his identity in Christ, even in the Old Testament. He didn't want to enjoy the pleasures of sin. Now, how is that, young mother, young parent, for a legacy of change that she left in the life? Think about that with me. Think about that with me. By faith in God, she didn't follow the commands of the most powerful government in the world. And by faith, her baby found Jesus. By faith, her baby would lead a nation. And look at verse 29 with me. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as to dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. My friends, by faith, an entire nation of people were delivered from bondage. And I believe in no small part can be attributed to the faith of Sister Jochebed. Now, I don't know about you guys. But the thought, the thought that there might be even a hint of a slight possibility that by obeying the commands of God, my children might come to know God is quite a motivation to me and to my family to serve God. That there might even be a small chance that somehow or another the grace of God might extend to my children if I would bring them up in the ways of the Lord is in no small part a motivation to me enough to bring my children up in the ways of the Lord. But it gets bigger than that. You want to change the world, mom? You want to change the whole world? It doesn't start by coming up with some spectacular new laundry system that folds, sorts, dries, and washes all at the same time. Although if you can come up with that, it might change my house a little bit. You want to change the world, it doesn't start with some spectacular business model. It doesn't start by learning how to best use a, a flashcard. It doesn't start by developing some new system or some new technology or some new way. It starts by teaching your children the ways of the Lord. It starts by following the commands of God. Living by faith and seeing God work in the lives of your children as a result. Jochebed is the mama that saved a nation. Because the people of Israel were led out of bondage by Moses. And he was there to lead them out of bondage. Because his mother loved him enough to follow the commands of God instead of the commands of men. And so this morning... I ask you this, what can God do with your child? What can God do with your child if you would just follow the commands of God instead of the commands of men? And so how do we respond to this message this morning? Well, as parents, I think we respond by asking God to strengthen us to lead our children by faith. 
Asking God to protect our children from the waters of this world. Recognizing that they are going to have to go into a sinful world, but they do not have to let the sinful world come into them. As those who have had godly ladies in our lives, I think we should respond by thanking God for them and recognizing that it was only by the grace of God that they are in our lives. And if you're here this morning, and you're just not sure where you stand with God, then your response should be to accept the God who protected Moses, who honored Jochebed, and who delivered a nation from bondage. As he can deliver you as well from your sin. Let us pray. Father God, God, we thank you. Not just for the godly mothers that you've placed in our lives, not just for the godly women you've placed in our lives. But most importantly, God, we thank you because you're God. God, we thank you that while we were in bondage, while we were in sin, you provided a Savior, Lord. And so, God, this morning it is my prayer that if there be someone here who doesn't know you as their Savior, that today would be their day of salvation. And God, it would be my prayer that everyone in this house would find their way to thank you for the ladies that you have placed in our lives to influence and love us. And God, most importantly, I pray that you have been glorified and you will continue to be glorified with the remainder of this service. And it is in your precious, saving name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining in. We sincerely hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you have any further questions, feel free to give us a call or check us out on the web at www.rockyvalleybaptist.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.